Shalom to all! Today's office is Beit Tesvav. We are starting seven lines from the top at the two dots. And today's office is sponsored Lilu Nishmas, Mars, Miriam, Sarah, Basar, Yaakov, Moshe, Her Neshama should have an Aliyah. And Lilu Nishmas, Rabbi Yachmiel, Mordechai, Ben Rabchaim, Heitner, His Neshama should have an Aliyah. And we had said in the Mishnah of Aloy Sandal HaMasomer, a person is not allowed to send hobnailed sandals on Yontif as a gift. And the Mishnah asks, Sandal HaMasomer, my time Aloy, why is he not allowed to send it as a gift? The answer is, Mishnah Maisha Shahaya, because of the story that happened, we learned in Mesech Shabbos that a number of Yidin were hiding in a cave, and upon fearing they were discovered, panicked, and a number of them were trampled and Killed by the spikes on their sandals. The Chum then ossered wearing such shoes on Shabbos and Yontif. And Amr Abai, he says, Sandal Hamasomer, Asr Lanala, you're not allowed to wear it on Shabbos or Yontif, however, it is permitted to move around, it's still considered a Kli. Asr Lanala, you're not allowed to wear it, Mishomai Shahi, because of this story. However, it is Mutra Batilta, you're allowed to move it, because our Mishnah said, in Mishalchin, you're not allowed to send it as a gift. If you thought that you're not allowed to even move it around, that it's completely Mukta, Hashal Tatuli Asr, if it's Asr Batilta, so Mishalchin Ribaya, you would have to tell me in the Mishnah that you're not allowed to send it as a gift. Of course, you're not allowed to send it as a gift. It's completely usher betiltal. It must be that it's mother betiltal, but since you're not allowed to wear it, you're not allowed to send it as a gift. And we had said in the mission of Loy Middle Shane Tuffer, a non sewn shoe is not allowed to be sent. Ask the Gemara Pshita, isn't that obvious? Of course, you're not able to wear it. And the Gemara answers, Loy Nisrach, the Chiddush is the Afagav Dunakar Basiki, even though it's attached by pegs or nails and it's somewhat attached, you still are not allowed to send it because you can't really wear it. And our mission had said, Rabbi Huda, I'm your Afli Minolavan, you're not allowed to send a white shoe on Yantif. Tanya, we have a Bryce, Rabbi Huda, Mater Bushachar, Vaiser Belovan, he does not allow a white shoe. To be sent, because it needs a clump of earth, and this clump of earth has this blackening agent in it, and that's not allowed to be done on Yontif, so you're not allowed to send this shoe. Rabbi Yaisi doesn't even allow a black shoe to be sent, that's because it needs to be smoothed out, and that's not allowed to be done on Yontif. And Vlay Pligi, they're not arguing. Each one was just talking about what was normal in his locale. But Asri Demar, in the locale of Rabbi Huda, the flesh part was underneath. What does that mean? The inner part of the hide, that's where the animal's flesh is attached to, faces inside the shoe. The outer part, which has the hair of the animal, faces outwards, doesn't need to be smooth, so therefore in the locale of Rabbi Yehuda a black shoe was able to be worn. However, in the locale of Rabbi Yehuda, the flesh part of the hide was actually facing upwards and wasn't able to be worn unless it was smoothed out, so you're not allowed to send it on Yontif. And our Mishnah concluded, Zakla, this is the rule, anything which is worn on Yontif is allowed to be sent as a gift. Rav Sheshesh allowed the Rabbanon to send Tefillin on Yontif as a gift. He asked we learned in a Mishnah Anything which is able to be used on Yantif, you can send that, and you're not able to use Tfilin on Yantif, so how could you allow them to send Tfilin on Yantif as a gift? So we answer, no, this is what the Mishnah is saying. Anything which is able to be worn during the week, that could be sent as a gift on Yantif, and even though Tfilin are not worn on Yantif, you could still send them as a gift. And Amr Abaye Tfilin, now that we started talking about Tfilin in name of Ahumil, so let's say something else about Tfilin. A person is walking along the way and it's Erev Shabbos, he's wearing his Tfilin, and now the sun set on him, it became Shabbos. He should put his hand on them until he reaches his house. He's sitting learning the base medjish, wearing his tefillin, and then it became Shabbos. He puts his hand on them until he reaches his house. Even though tefillin may not be worn on Shabbos, and therefore carrying them is also because of Aitzah. In this case, he's allowed to continue wearing them until he gets to his house. That's because it's considered carrying in an unusual manner. And even though usually that's also Midrabanon, here it's permitted because he has nowhere to place them without them being ruined. Now, Master of Hunabred Ravika, he asks Anabai from a Brisa. The Brisa tells us, A person's walking along the way, Erev Shabbos, with Tefillin Brisha, he's wearing his Tefillin, V'kidosh al-Vayom, and it became Shabbos. Menech Yadalein, he should put his hand on them, Achmagiyah Labayas Samachachayma, until he reaches the closest house to the wall of the city. Ha'yashi Beis Medjush, he's sitting in Beis Medjush and learning, V'kidosh al-Vayom, and it became Shabbos. Menech Yadalein, he puts his hand on his Tefillin, Achmagiyah Labayas Samachachayma, Medjush, until he reaches the house closest to Beis Medjush. So we see from this Brisa very clearly, you're not allowed to walk all the way to your house wearing your Tefillin. You have to walk to the nearest house and deposit your Tefillin over there. The Gemara answers like Kasha. 
was talking about a case where your tefillin are not going to be properly guarded if you leave them in the closest house. Therefore, you're allowed to go all the way to your house. The Barais was talking about a case where they will be guarded in that house, so just bring them to the nearest house. Ask the Mara, if Abai is talking about a case where the tefillin are not going to be guarded, my Iriya Barayshe. So why is the Abai talking about a case where you have them on your head? Even if you find them on the ground, we have a Mishnah. If a person finds tefillin lying on the ground on Shabbos, he's allowed to bring them in pair by pair. He puts on a pair of tefillin, walks to his house, puts them in his house, goes back out, puts on another pair, and repeats that until he finishes all the tefillin. So why is it that Abai specifically spoke about a case of tefillin on his head? The Gemara says, like Hasha, no problem. The Bryce that says you have to bring it to the closest house, that's because they're going to be guarded in that house from Ganavim and from dogs. However, Abai was talking about a case where that closest house, they're going to be guarded from dogs. However, it's not a safe place because of Ganavim. Malditame, you might have thought, who the majority of the thieves in that area are Jews anyway, and they're not going to desecrate the tefillin if they find them. Kamashma and the Chiddush is that since you're wearing your tefillin already and you cannot rely on the fact that they're not going to be desecrated by thieves. Therefore, Abayah says you're allowed to take them all the way to your house. However, if you're not wearing your tefillin, you find them on the ground, if they're in a place that they're safe from dogs, even though they're not safe from Gandavim desecrating them, you are not allowed to pick them up and you're not allowed to bring them in your house. And that's the Chiddush of Abayah. Hajin Olach Beitzah, Mazdov are finishing the first parak of Mesechus Beitzah, just like we learned the first parak together. We should be zechah to learn all of Mesechus Beitzah together. And of course, all of Shas together. And now we start the brand new Perak Tesafa on Beza on top. We're going to be learning about Erev Tavshilin. Midoy Raisa. One is allowed to cook on Yontef for Shabbos, but the Chum instituted that one is only allowed to do so if he set up Erev Tavshilin before Yontef. And the Mishnah says, Yontef Shechaliyas Erev Shabbos. When Yontef falls on an Erev Shabbos, Yontef falls on a Friday. Loyavashal Batchilim Yontef Shabbos. You're not allowed to start cooking on Yontef for Shabbos. Avomavashal Hul Yontef, but you are allowed to cook on Yontef for Yontef. Vim Heiser Heiser Le Shabbos. If you have some food left over, so then you're allowed to use that food for Shabbos. Vaisa Tavshil Merev Yontef, but you are allowed to make a dish. On Erev Yontif, before Yontif, and you could rely on that dish for Shabbos, meaning you're allowed to continue cooking on Yontif for Shabbos because of that dish. That's Erev Tavshilin. They say, you have to have two dishes made before Yontif for Shabbos. They say, you only have to have one dish. They both agree that the fish with the egg on top of it, they used to place an egg on top of the fish, that's considered Shnei Tavshilin. Now let's say the Erev Tavshilin was eaten or it was lost and he didn't have a chance to cook for Shabbos yet. He's not allowed to use that to cook for Shabbos because he doesn't have an Erev Tavshilin anymore. Even if he has a little bit left over from his Erev Tavshilin, he's allowed to rely on that and use that to cook for Shabbos. Now the Gemara asks Menon Emili, how do we know of this concept of Erev Tavshilin? Where do we get it from a Pasuk? Now, not that it's a Dairaisa, it's still a Dairabonin, but what's the Smach from the Pasuk? Amr Shmuel, he says, the Amr Kar the Pasuk tells us, Remember the day of Shabbos to sanctify it. Now, whenever we tell you to remember something, that's because we're afraid you're going to forget about it. So how do we learn Erev Tavshilin from here? Zechreihu, we should remember Shabbos, Me'acher, from another day, referring to Yontef, Shabal Ashkichai, that's going to cause you to forget about Shabbos. Yontef, before Shabbos, you're so involved in Yontef, you're going to forget about Shabbos, and that's the Pasuk telling us that we should set up an Erev Tavshilin to remind us about Shabbos and not forget about it. Now, my time, what exactly is the Svar? What's the reason the Chacham established Erev Tavshilin? Amarava, he says, Kadesh Yivar, Mana Yafal Shabbos, Umana Yafal Yontef, this is an order, so you should choose a good portion for Shabbos and good one 
for Yantif. If you don't have Erev Tashilin, you're not going to have a reminder to save some of your Yantif food for Shabbos, and you're going to end up eating all of your Yantif food. You're not going to have anything left for Shabbos. However, once you already started preparing for Shabbos before Yantif, so that's going to remind you to save some food and to make sure to have a good portion for Shabbos. Now, Ravashi Yamar, he says the reason why we have to have Erev Tashilin is Kadesh Yamru, so that people will say, Ain't Shabbos. You're not allowed to cook on Yantif for Shabbos unless you had started cooking for Shabbos before Yantif. You're not allowed to cook on Yantif for a weekday. So now, according to Rava, the purpose of Erev Tavshilin really is L'Kavit Shabbos. So you make sure you have enough food for Shabbos. Whereas according to Rav Ashi, Erev Tavshilin really is L'Kavit Yantif. So based off of that, the Gemara asks, Tanan, our Mishnah had said, You make a dish before Yantif, and you can rely on that dish to cook on Yantif for Shabbos. So Bishlam, Rav Ashi, we understand according to Rav Ashi, the Amr that he said, the whole purpose of Erev Tavshilin is Kedeshi Yomrus, that people say, You're not allowed to bake on Yantif for Shabbos unless you already started preparing for Shabbos before Yantif. That's why the Mishnah says you have to have this dish prepared before Yantif and not on Yantif. Rava, but according to Rava, my Yantif. Why is the Mishnah says you have to have erev tavshilin before Yantif? nami. Even if you had set an erev tavshilin on Yantif, you just did it before your Yantif suda. So you're going to have this sufficient reminder not to eat all your Yantif food and to make sure to have food for Shabbos. Why does the Mishnah say you have to do it before Yantif? The Gemara says you're right. Anachnami. You technically could make an erev tavshilin on Yantif for Shabbos as long as you do it before your suda. The whole Gezerah is, a person is going to be negligent. He's going to forget to do that. He's going to be so involved in his Yantif Suda, he's going to forget to set an Erev Tavshilin. That's why even according to Rava, he would have to set his Erev Tavshilin before Yantif. And the Gemara says, We actually have a Tana that brings it from a totally different Pasuk. The Pasuk tells us, That which you wish to bake, you should bake. That which you wish to cook, you should cook. This was Moshe Rabbeinu commanding Klal Yisrael to make sure that they bake and cook before Shabbos, because on Shabbos they're not going to be allowed to bake and cook. Now really, Moshe Rabbeinu should have kept it simple. He should have just said, bake and cook before Shabbos. Why this extra lashon of Esasher Taifu Eifu, Esasher Tavashelu Bashelu? So Mikan Amr Rebelezer, Rebelezer learns from here, Ein Oifin El Ala Afoy. You're not allowed to bake on Yontif for Shabbos unless you're adding to that which was already baked before Yontif. The Ein Mavashon El Al Mavoshel, and you're not allowed to cook on Yontif for Shabbos except for adding on to that which you already cooked before Yontif for Shabbos. And Mikan Sam Chacham, Erev Tavshilin Matayra. From here, the Chacham had a smach that Erev Tavshilin is Matayra. And Tanar Bano, we have a Brisa, Meiser Rebelezer. There was a story with Rebelezer, Shaya Yashiv Darish Kolyam Kula Behilchas Yontif. He was sitting in Darshaning, he was giving a shear the entire Yontif on Hilchas Yontif. Yotza Katrishana, the first group of Talmidim got up to leave. They wanted to eat their Yontif Suda. Amar, he said about them, Halalubali Pitasin, these are owners of large barrels. They must have prepared large barrels of wine to drink, and that's why they left shear early. They must be very indulgent people and they can't exert themselves for Tyra. Kachnia, the second group got up to leave and eat their Yontif Suda. Amar, he said about them, Halalubali Chavies, these have smaller barrels. Kachlishas, the third group got up to eat their Yontif Suda. Amar, he said, Halalubali Kadin, these are people that have jugs. Katrivias, the fourth group got up to eat their Yontif Suda. Amr, he said, These are people that have flasks. Kat Chamish is the fifth group got up to eat their Yantav Suda. Amr, he said, These people have cups. Each group was disparaged Rebbe Lezer due to their desire for physical pleasure and their lack of dedication to Limit Atayra. Hizchil Kachishas Law says, The sixth group got up to leave and eat their Yantav Suda. Amr, he said, These are empty people. He was upset that the Bismajish was Mamish emptying out. Nasan Ein of Betalmidim, he put his eyes, he looked at the remaining Talmidim, Hizchil Pnei Mishtanin, their faces started turning colors. They were misunderstood Rebbe Lezer's last comment. They thought he was angry at the sixth group for staying so long and thought that he would be most definitely be sharp with them that they stayed all the way till the end and they didn't eat their Suda's Yantif. Amrlahem, he told them, Bane, my sons, I'm not saying that to you. I'm talking about the ones that left. They're leaving the eternal life and they're being involved in the temporary limited life which is eating and drinking. And Meshaz Petiros and Amrlahem, at the time that he finished his shear and they got up to leave to eat their Suda, he told them, go, eat rich foods and drink. Drink sweet drinks, 
and send portions to the one who's unprepared. For the day is holy to our master. And don't be sad. For the joy of Hashem, that is your security. Now, Amr Meir, we analyze this. Rabbi Lezer had said, They're leaving eternal life, which is learning Torah, and they're being involved in temporary life, which is eating and drinking. It's a mitzvah to eat the suda of yantif. So how could he tell them that? So Rabbi Lezer, he says, It's only optional to eat simchas yantif. It's only optional to eat that suda. The time you have a brisa, Rabbi Lezer, he says, A person on yantif should do one of two things. He should either eat and drink, or he should sit and learn. Rabbi Shuaimer, he says, You should split it. Half for Hashem, half for you. Meaning half is learning and half is eating and drinking. And on Rabbi Yechen, he explains, They both darsh in the same pasuk. Kasev Echad Eimer, one pasuk says, So implies that it's for Hashem. The Kasev Echad Eimer, another pasuk says, That it's for you. Ha-Ketzad, is it for Hashem or is it for you? So Rabbi Lezer Savar, he holds, The pasukim are teaching us, it's either completely for Hashem or completely for you. Rabbi Shua Savar, he holds, You should split it. It doesn't have to be 50-50, but you have to have Part of it is for Hashem, part of it is sitting and learning, and part of it is for you. You should be sitting, eating, and drinking. And that's why Rabbi Lezer was upset at his Talmud Midim, because he said, either stay and learn, or go to eat and drink, but don't do half-half. Now we just try to understand the Pasuk that was quoted, what does that mean? You should send portions to the one who's unprepared. So Amar Chizda, he says, for a person that didn't set Erev Tavshilin, so he doesn't have food for Shabbos, so you should send him portions. Someone who wasn't able to set Erev Tavshilin, he was busy looking for an Aveda, something that he lost the entire Erev Yantav, and he wasn't able to set Erev Tavshilin, so you should make sure to send him food. Someone who was able to set Erev Tavshilin, and he didn't do so, he's negligent, and you are not commanded to send him food. If you would like to, you could. However, that's not who the Pasuk is referring to. And we continue understanding the Pasuk, What does that mean? The joy of Hashem is your security. Hashem tells Kala Yisrael, Banai, my children, Levuolai, borrow money on my account, and sanctify the Kedusha of the day, and trust in me, and I'm going to pay back that loan. Rashi says, the joy that you have for Hashem is the security that you're going to be able to repay the loans taken for that very purpose. And another member of if a person wants his property to last, he wants to make sure that no one steals his field. He should plant this other tree in it. It's a very expensive, valuable tree. This way, everyone's going to talk about how so-and-so has this expensive tree in his field, and if he goes overseas and someone else begins squatting on his field, claiming that it's really his, everyone's going to know that it really belongs to so-and-so and not to this new fellow. And how do we know that the word other is an expression of kiyom and chayzek, strength and endurance? Shinemar, it says in the Pasuk, Adir Bamarim Hashem, Hashem is strong in the heavens. Inami, or alternatively we could say, Idra Kishmei, it's just like its name Idra, which is the Aramaic word for this tree. Kedamri Inchi, it's like people say, my Idra, what's understanding this word Idra? Why is it that we call this tree Idra? The Kaimi Dari, because it lasts for many generations. And Tainami Hacha, we have a brass like this, Sadishesh Ba'adar, a field that has this other tree in it. Ain Nixel, so it's not going to be stolen, Vain Nechmasas, and it's not going to be subject to Hamas. That's when one person forces you to sell him that which you have, and its fruits are going to be guarded. It has long branches and when planted at the edge of a field, form a natural fence preventing thieves from stealing his fruits. We're going to stop here for the day, pick up tomorrow, continue to talk about Yantif Sudas. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.